Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, we are live Tuesday night, Facebook Live. I'm here. Uh, I've got some great questions, and I know what you're thinking. Who is this guy? What's going on? Well, I can explain everything. This is a live Q&A with me, yours truly, JJ Stiano, consultant plastic surgeon. If you've got any questions, feel free to please ask them to me live, or you can post them to me, and I will answer them privately, and then um, you don't have to be um recognizable or you know because i don't won't mention your name or anything like that uh, unless you want to be mentioned susan's in the house hello with trouble oh uh, nice to see you here susan um if you feel free to chip in please comment and share uh if you've got any questions or any comments on what i am saying then feel free to uh, chip in also there's a podcast every week i think I think it's every week. Well, obviously, I do this every week. So it's, it's this basically as a podcast. And uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well, uh, where we split up the questions and put them on YouTube. I think we put a whole lot on YouTube as well. Um, anyway, so um, we've got some good questions tonight. And I am going to get straight in uh, with a question from one of my viewers. <laughs> I don't know if it's a viewer, actually. It's a question on the, um, on the Facebook Messenger. Um, can I combine a fleur de and a breast uplift with implants? So here we go. Hi there. I keep having you tagged in my questions regarding surgery. That's good, I guess. I'm not quite sure what being tagged means, but I can assume it's a good thing. Anyway, so I thought I'd just message you. I am needing a fleur de and uplift. I want uplift with implants. Do you recommend these done as separate procedures? So tummy tuck on its own, then uplift with implants. Or tummy tuck with just uplift and go back for implants another time i get contradicting answers when i go for consultations new one was don't like to do uplift with implants but can do fdl with uplift it's baffled me completely as i really don't know where to start any help will be appreciated well you know what i can totally understand what's happening here and i can totally understand this uh, bafflement and this confusion so the what i've actually done is i have done a blog post to address this uh, exact problem because i see a lot of people saying look one surgeon said this one surgeon says i need the implants over the muscle one says under the muscle one says round implants one says teardrop implants one says i need a lift the other one says implants fat grafting they're all saying different things and everyone's saying different things and it, and i can understand as a patient you might be thinking how can this be surely there must be a you know a way of doing things surely it must be straightforward the problem is plastic surgery is still very much um i guess you know that the, they say it's an art more than a science you know there's some uh uh, operations some branches of medicine where it is much more scientific there's algorithms to follow if there is this then you do that you know whereas plastic surgery is still um 
opinions, experiences, and everyone will have different experiences. And I can totally understand why these different surgeons are saying different things. Some saying I'm not going to do a flirtily abdominoplasty and a breast procedure at the same time. Some are saying I'm not going to do a breast uplift and implants at the same time, but I will do a flirtily with a lift and then you have implants later. You know, all these things. I can understand this because these, these are all um, not unreasonably held opinions of different surgeons. And um, there are reasons that they have those opinions. There are reasons why they won't do a breast and a tummy procedure at the same time. There are reasons why they won't do a lift and implants at the same time. Um, and there are reasons why you would, you, you might want to do it at the same time. And what it comes down to is surgeons' opinions. And no one is right, no one is wrong. And one of the problems that I see all the time, and one of the issues with this sort of stuff, it's elective surgery. So people will obviously do research and we encourage you to do your research. And I think it's good to do your research because you've got time to do your research. It's not like it's emergency or urgent surgery. You've got time to do your research. But the more research you do, the more you get bogged down into the quagmire of what is the right operation for me. And I can tell you now the answer you're not going to find an answer there isn't an answer if there was an answer you would start seeing it all the time there isn't an answer it is reasonable to stage a flirtily a tummy tuck and a breast procedure it's reasonable to not do them in one go but it's also reasonable to do them in one go um so there is no answer there is only opinion and I think sometimes when you go for a consultation with a surgeon, it's easier for the surgeon to just say, look, you're better off having it done in separately or you're better off having it done in one go. Um, and then you if that was the only surgeon you saw, you'd probably go and do what they said. And, and that would be that. But the fact is, you went and saw another surgeon who says do it another way. Um, so. The my take home message of my blog post and of this is that don't, don't worry too much about it and choose your surgeon the most important thing is choose your surgeon um, and look for someone who you think is sounding like they're talking sense so that uh, and a reasonable and that you can talk to and have a discussion with and talk about the pros and cons and try and make a balanced judgment you just got to make a balanced judgment there are pros and cons there's not total pros for one and total cons for the other one otherwise we wouldn't even tell you about that no one would do it if it was a bad thing to do. But the fact is, people say they do it all different ways. I think I rambled on about that a bit too much in on reflection. But anyway, um, so basically, the bottom line is, if you want to have a tummy tuck and a, 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 and a breast procedure, you can. A fleur de lis tummy tuck is quite a big tummy tuck. It's this sort of inverted T-shaped one. So it is quite a big op. But you can have that at the breast sometime, same time as a breast reduction. Uh, sorry, a breast lift plus or minus implants. Um, but that is quite a lot of surgery to have one in one go. But if you want one time off work, one lot of recovery, I can understand why you might want to have it in one go, but you'd have to be prepared for a big operation with lots of wounds and potential for complications and, and healing issues. So it would be quite stressful to do that all in one go, but uh, it would be possible. Same with the lifted implants. A lifted implants is possible to do in one go, but a lot of surgeons don't do it because it has does increase the risk of in, in, uh, complications because when you do a lift, you tighten the skin. And when you do implants, you um, tighten the skin. So both of those things are tightening the skin. And so you have to, um, you do increase your risk of complications when you combine a lift with implants. So some surgeons will say, look, I'll do a lift first and then the implants or vice versa um, to reduce your risk of complications. They're not doing it to make life difficult for you. They're doing it because they want to reduce your risk of complications. Now you might say, listen, I want to lift with implants. I want it in one operation. I don't want to have two operations. I don't want to have to pay twice. I don't want to have to have two lots of recovery. And I'm happy to accept the risk of an increased risk of complications. 
So the, for that reason, some surgeons, myself included, do do it in one operation. But there are reasons not to do it in one operation. Um, and I talk to people about it. And I come to the overriding uh, thing about lift and implants, which I said I'd talk about today. And I'm not sure if I've got a question about it. So I better talk about it now. Uh, have I got a question about it? Because I did say I'd talk about this. I've got another um patient who's uh she's not a patient she's just a person who's um uh contacted facebook asking her saying her breasts are deflated does she need a lift does she need implants this is a very common thing um so question is do i need a lift or implants very common question um and I said I'd talk about it. I thought I'd talk about it in this question. But anyway, I'll, I'll tack it on. Um, again, big question. Very hard to talk in general terms because it depends on the person. That's why you're better off having a consultation. Again, lots of people look for answers online and you can't often can't get answers online. You can just get opinions. And, and uh, sometimes people can be very opinionated and say, yeah, this is the best way to do it. Um, just because that's the way they had it and they had a good result or this is a terrible way to do it because they had it that way and they had a bad result it doesn't necessarily mean the way is bad it might just be the, their result so um broadly speaking question to answer is what what size bra do you wear are you happy with that size of bra so if you've breasted deflated you've you, you've lost volume and you're happy with the bra that you're wearing you're wearing a c-cup bra or a d-cup or whatever and you're happy with that but when you take your bra off your dress your breasts sag then if you're happy with that bra i would say to you you don't need implants because this patient is saying i'm worried about implants which i can totally understand if you're happy with the size of your bra you don't need implants if you're a b-cup and you want to be a double d or a d-cup or something like that then you do need implants so implants are really good at adding volume um, so implants are for the volume for the cup size making the cup size bigger the lift is for the shape so if it's predominantly one problem I, whether it be just predominantly shape and not that bothered you know you don't want them a little bit bigger but not much bigger then i say go for a lift if it's predominantly volume and not so bad on the shape look i'm happy that the shape they're seeing a bit low but i'm not that bothered by that and they're not too low but they're really too small then you could maybe just have implants and that's what the way i usually advise people to go to um, try and um, maybe have one if one's a predominant problem but if it really is the shape and the volume if they're sitting low and they're too small you want them bigger and lifted that's when a lifted implants combined comes in uh, i hope that yeah i hope that sort of answered it and really, you do need an examination to see whether you need a lift or not, because some people really do need a lift. If your breast is sitting really low, then you do need a lift. And whether you have implants or not is your choice. But a lift is a is a given. If your breast is sitting really low, you can't just have implants because they'll just still sit low and your implants will be here, breasts down there. That won't look good. But if they're not too low, then you might be able to get away with just implants if you did want to be significantly bigger. Oh. Has that helped? Um, Susan says, so, so Kim's in the house. Hi, Kim. Susan's looking forward to your opinion on my arms. I've got your arm. I've got you loaded in, Susan. I've got you loaded in. Uh, hokey stokey. Hokey stokey. That is really great, informative. Well done. I thought I was rambling. Blimey. Just shows you can 
please every now and then get it you know <clears throat> if, I, if i put on that on youtube i'd get all sorts of comments about how much i ramble they keep on putting those comments on youtube about how much i don't get to the point but i'm a professional i'll rise above it kim should your belly button still have stuff coming out of it seven weeks post-op does but does not look infected nor does it smell just a bit concerned thank you um so in answer to strict answer to your question kim no it shouldn't but i wouldn't be too worried about it if it's not smelling and it's not uh, sort of offensive it doesn't look infected the belly button is a naturally um deep dark hole you know it's not a very clean area and so it's a, one of the problems areas with a tummy tuck. It can be, uh, it can be a problem with uh, with infection. Or it doesn't sound like you've got infection, but you might you might you might have sort of a stitch there or something which is continuing to making it continue discharge. I think it's worth seeing your surgeon because there might be a foreign body there or something there that's just irritating and not letting it heal. Um, but I wouldn't be too concerned, but I think you certainly need to see a surgeon or your nurse or whatever, just to have things checked, just to check there's nothing there that's causing it to con continue to uh, discharge. But um, as long as it, like you've hit the nail on the head there, saying it's not, doesn't smell and doesn't look infected. Those are the things I'd worry about. If it starts to look infected, then, um, then I would worry, but uh, not too worrying, but it's a bit of a nuisance, isn't it? Seven weeks, but uh, nothing too drastic. Um, can I have a tummy tuck and be 196 pounds, five foot four? Um, the two things about the weight and the tummy tuck, Sharon. Number one is your BMI. Do you know what your BMI is? Body mass index. It's your uh, uh, weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. So kilograms per meter squared, if that makes sense. You get it on the internet, you do BMI calculator. Most of the studies on tummy tucks uh, have said that a BMI less than 30, you've got less risk of complications and if your BMI is above 30. So basically there's two criteria with regards to the weight. One is your BMI. So you ideally want your BMI to be below 30 because you statistically got less risk of complications. Not that anything magical happens at 30, but the lower your weight, the less risk of complications. But also the lower with the weight you better your result you really don't want to lose weight after surgery um because so if you're happy with your weight then that's okay but if you want to lose weight and say oh they've got this here and i stopping me from losing weight and once i get rid of my tummy then i'll be able to exercise better and everything i understand that argument but actually you're going to get a better result if you lose the weight first because if you lose weight you actually get more of an apron the reason people need a tummy tuck is because they lose a lot of weight because the skin doesn't doesn't recoil so actually you want to lose your weight before having a tummy tuck and get down to your ideal weight that you're stable at that you're comfortable with because then you get a better result because then you can make it as tight as you can when you do the tummy tuck and give you a nice result if you make it as tight as you can now and then you're going to lose weight afterwards you might have some redundant skin and you might have paid all that money and still have a bit of redundant skin which would be a bit annoying so you want to avoid weight fluctuations after surgery either down or up you don't want to put on weight either because if you put on weight it'll go on your tummy again your body doesn't say i paid thousands of pounds for this surgery so i'm not going to put on weight uh, so i'm not going to make this tummy look worse it will it will just get bigger just like it would have before so ideally you want to be stable and comfortable with your weight before having a, uh, a tummy tuck tanya charles how you doing would it be possible to change implants during revision surgery 11 months post-op yes absolutely totally possible uh, 11 months post-op is quite a long time and that's absolutely fine changing your implants would be absolutely fine um yeah that's absolutely fine no problem with changing your implants at all um kim thank you zdex you're welcome sharon 33 is that bmi 
Okay, BMI 33. Yes, that's a bit high, Sharon. So yeah, if you can get it down a bit, that would be good. Chantel, is there any indication that varicose veins in your thigh will be too risky for a tummy tuck surgery or what's the actual risk involved, if any? Someone said this a little while ago. They said a surgeon would, I don't know if they wouldn't operate or they said they got to get your varicose veins fixed first. I don't look for varicose veins at all when I'm seeing a patient with tummy tuck. So um, the main thing that we're worried about in this, so uh, in in my um, opinion, and I've got I've to say this is just my opinion, um, just my opinion I uh, don't have a problem with operating on people to do a tummy tuck with varicose veins the problem I would imagine and this is you if a surgeon has said to you they're worried about it then you've got to ask what what they're worried about but the problem that I would foresee is DVT uh, clots in your veins in your leg which can fly up into your lungs and be serious that's a bad complication and it's a risk when you do tummy tucks risk with any surgery but it's a particular risk with tummy tuck so they um uh, but that's the deep veins rather than the superficial veins which are the ones that are um a problem with varicose veins so i haven't got a problem with it but um so i I'm okay with doing it on people with varicose veins. So you'd have to split there. I've heard, I've heard this before. So there must be surgeons out there who are worried about varicose veins. So you better speak. If your surgeon is worried about it, you better ask them about the risks and what they think the best thing to do is. As I say, choose your surgeon's best thing rather than um, the minutiae of op which operation, what have you. Sharon says, thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, what we got? What we got? What we got? Here we go. Here we go uh i've broken my wrist and it's in plaster my op is three weeks away and i'm and i'll still be in the plaster will my surgeon still do my tummy tuck well again probably best asking your surgeon uh number one uh but let's just hypothetically say i was your surgeon uh i would say to you how do you feel um i'm broken my wrist. it's in plaster my op is three weeks away so you're at least three weeks in plaster um in itself it's not a problem but you're going to be a bit knocked back from your tummy tuck and you might want to do it at a time in your life that's more convenient when your wrist is fixed. Um, so I wouldn't say it's an absolute contraindication. I wouldn't say it's a definite no, but I think it will. It might affect your recovery if you've got a tummy tuck. You've got all the stress of trying to get over that and your wrist is, you know, causing you problems and you hard to move about and get out of bed and what have you. So it might be if it's OK with you to maybe reschedule it to another time. Now, you might say, I've sorted out my life and I've got time off work and I've so there's not going to be another time. It's a really good time in my life to have the tummy tuck and I'll accept the fact that it's going to be more difficult to recover with a plaster on my wrist, in which case, fine. But um, that that's what I would say. I would say, you know, I would be like that. I'd be like, well, you know, it might be an idea to reschedule since it is elective surgery and you don't have to have the um, surgery now. Um, it might be an idea to reschedule it, but I wouldn't say you would have to reschedule it. After brust, uh, brust, breast uplift, when can I wear an underwire bra again? Again, this is up to the surgeon involved, the, the specific surgeon. Everyone's got their own views about uh, underwire bras and when you can wear them. But the, broadly speaking, the underwire bra can irritate your scar. So that's why surgeons worry a bit about it when you've had a breast uplift. And so uh, I normally say four to six weeks. So I normally say a supportive bra for four to six weeks. So call it four weeks then. See how you go. Depends on how it's all healed. Sometimes you get a little bit of a... Uh, wound not healing up properly down at that T junction, so you might have a bit of irritation, and you might think the wire, the bra, might annoy that. 
Um, so after about four weeks, if it's all healed up, okay, you can see how you go. And the stuff with all this sort of thing is not to take it like, hooray, I can wear a bra. And if it rubs and irritates, push through because the surgeon said it's okay. Start gently, see how you go, wear it for a couple of hours, see if it's okay. If it doesn't irritate you, if it's if it doesn't hurt, then that's fine. But if it does hurt and does irritate and your breasts swell up because they've not got as much support, the underwire bras, um, then go back to the support bra. But after about four weeks, I would say you can start getting back into an underwire bra and see how you feel. Um, after a tummy tuck with muscle repair, when can I do sit-ups again? I'm six weeks post-op now. Again, uh, better check with your surgeon, uh, because obviously, as you say, the muscle repair does sort of bring those rectus abdominis muscles together. And it, again, if it was me and my in my practice, I say six weeks, start just like the bra thing, start to get back into things. So gently do a couple of sit-ups. Don't go to some, um, uh, what they call it, circuit training, where you have to do 20 sit-ups and then you run around the room and everyone's going, come on, do more. Don't do, don't do that. Just do it quietly in your own house or in your own space gently see how you go and if it hurts if it swells think flipping heck i'm not doing that again and if it doesn't hurt and swell then think oh that's not too bad i'll carry on so you know six weeks you can gently start getting back into thing if you're feeling okay and if it, if the pain's not too bad and gently slowly slowly increase it um what age is suitable for a pinoplasty my son wants his ears pinning back is there an age when this the surgery is preferable um he's 11 so yeah i mean the thing about pinoplasty you really want the child to be on side with it so um sometimes people come with small children and they don't want them to be bullied before they start school and all this sort of thing which you can totally understand but if the child doesn't know what they're having done um then it can be a problem with compliance of the child the child's going to theaters like what's going on you know they kick they fight they're like i don't want to go to theater you know so you really want to have the child on board so really the um, sort of lowest age is usually around six six is a sort of um usual time for a for a prominent ear correction and what you're looking for is what we're looking for as surgeons we're looking for this child to be saying i don't like my ears and i would like my ears to be um a, a better shape rather than the parents saying it because um at the end of the day, it's the child you're treating, not the parent. And so if the child's fine with it and the parents say, well, I'm worried they're going to get bullied. I'm worried about this and that. It's, you know, you really want the child to be um, to be uh, verbalizing concern uh, rather than than just the parent. Um, so 11 is fine. Once you get up to the 11 stage, um, obviously with a six year old, you can have to do it under general anesthetic. On older people, you can do it under a local anesthetic. 11 is probably still too young to do it under a local anesthetic. So you probably still need a general anesthetic at 11. Um, so maybe if they could wait till they're older, 16, 18, 20, um, you might be able to do it under a local anesthetic, which make things a little bit easier. Um, but certainly it's 11 is a reasonable age um, to, to, to have the surgery. Um, and as I say, six is the sort of starting age, really. Anything younger than that, and the child doesn't really know what they're having done, and it's not really a good practice to be doing that. When can I swim after having a breast reduction? Eight weeks post-op from breast reduction, and still got a small opening on the T-scar. That's what I mean about that T thing. I'm going away in 10 days. Can I swim with a waterproof plaster on? Um, again, probably best talk to your surgeon um, to get an opinion on that. 
But my opinion on that would be that uh, I wouldn't swim with a waterproof plaster on. They call them waterproof plasters, but they're like splash waterproof. They're not proper waterproof. You try and get it submerged uh, in a swimming pool or, or what have you, it'll float off. They won't stay. So I wouldn't probably um, swim with a waterproof plaster on. I um, would normally say that when you don't need a dressing, and if you have any gauze or anything in your bra, or if you're wearing a bra and there's nothing on the bra, that's when you can start swimming in a pool. If there's still exudate, if the wound's exudative, if there's stuff on your bra when you take your bra off, uh, if you haven't got a dressing on or, or if, you, if you're still needing a dressing, I wouldn't swim. Uh, in the swimming pool, in the sea, you can swim. You can swim with it. And I, again, I probably wouldn't put a dressing on. Um, I'm hoping it's not like a big wound breakdown, um, but assuming it's just a small little bit of weight wound breakdown, you can swim in the sea uh, with a bit of a wound breakdown at the T-junction. But again, as I say, I wouldn't put the water dressing on because I just don't find that they're that waterproof. They're just sort of splash waterproof. But I'd, I'd probably go without a dressing and sort of swim and then uh, dab dry and then put a new dressing on. But that's me. Um, better say, better check with your surgeon. What's your opinion on my brachioplasty? I'd like an opinion on my surgery. I had I had three months ago in Poland. I feel there's a difference, but nowhere near as small as I expressed I wanted. And they could have been, in my opinion, of course, but I'm not sure medically if, if that's all they could do. And I was expecting too much. Please help. This is my before and after. I've just this morning been offered a revision, but at more expense. So... Um, and what we got here, guys, is we got photos. So like that bigger, really. But how's that? Well, that's better, isn't it? So that's one side, and that's the other side. So, um, so this is a really good one, really good question, this. Um, and I think um, I can, uh, uh, and, and I can see both sides. I can see why you might be thinking I was hoping it'd be, it would be um, better than that. First of all, arm reduction is a big op and there are potential complications with an arm reduction. And you know, we, you know, do no harm. You know, that's the thing about being a doctor. Don't do any harm. And we try not to, um, we just don't want to make things worse and we don't want to give wound healing problems. And that's one of the balances you got with any sort of um, body contouring because body contouring, you're closing things tight. And uh, if you close it too tight, it can open up and you can get wound healing problems. And that's the problem with any surgery and uh, arm reduction is a notorious one for that. Um, because you've got to be really careful when you do an arm reduction. And arm reduction is a difficult operation because you've got to get the contour of the arm. So the arm has got to be a bigger, um, a bigger diameter, a bigger circumference than the forearm. You want the arm bigger than the forearm. You don't want it the same as the forearm. And you certainly don't want to overdo it because if you overdo it, you get like a shark bite. You get a sort of dish. So you want to have a nice contour to the arm. Um, and, you know, they've achieved that. They've achieved that contour of the arm. That looks like a natural contour of the arm. But I can understand what you're saying. I've had surgery and I want it to be smaller than that. Now, one thing I'd say is your weight. Is your weight still too high? Was it too high having the surgery? Before you have any of this sort of body contouring surgery, it's always good to get your weight right. So I don't know if, you know, if, you're, if your weight, if you're stable and comfortable and if your weight's right at this point in time. 
um, because that's one thing I'd say by looking at your arms, maybe your weight could have been lower before having surgery. I mean, that's probably not helping you right now, but um, because you want to get that, you want to keep the arm in keeping with the, your body. You want to keep everything in keeping. You don't want to have like a tiny arm and, and then, you know, your forearm and your shoulder and your, your, your lateral chest wall is, is, is out of proportion with it. So we always try to keep things in proportion. So I can see good things about the result. I can see that it's healed well. I mean, the scar's a bit red, but I, it's not that long, is it? I can't remember how long it is from the surgery. Where is it? We've got it here. Oh, three months. So it's only three months. The scar's often a bit red at three months. So I can see good things about the surgery. It's difficult surgery. There's a risk of overdoing with an arm reduction, but I can also see what you're saying. When you look at the result, you think, well, you know, it's definitely an improvement. No question about that. Um, you know, and you're saying you've been offered a revision at more expense. I think at this stage, I wouldn't do be thinking about revisions. I think three months is too soon. I think that's healed beautifully. The problem with the revision, we're always trying to make people happy when we do revisions. And the problem is that if you do too much, then, um, then you do get this dish deformity like shark bite. I don't know if you can imagine that sort of like a, a dent instead of having a nice rounded contour, you have a dent. If you take too much away, you have to keep in, you have to keep in mind the, the natural circumference of the arm when you're removing tissue, you can't just remove it as a straight line across. Cause then you get a, you get a dish and a dent. So there is a risk of overdoing it with an arm reduction. And the, if you overdo it, it looks worse because it looks unnatural. It looks weird. You don't look unnatural. Now you look natural. You don't look as good as you wanted to look, but you do look natural. So I would be very wary about doing a revision. I would think about maybe losing weight and I would think about giving it some time, letting that scar mature. I think three months is too soon uh, for a revision, given the issues that you've got. And I think that you have got a, um, a, a reasonable or even a good, I think you've got a good, a nice surgical result. Um, but it obviously the problem with all this sort of stuff is it's not all about what the surgical result is. It's about what you think. And if you think that they're not, you know, if you think it's too much and certainly if you think it's more than what you thought it was going to be pre-op, that's a real problem. And that's all when it comes down to um, uh, patient expectation, which is a huge part of the job. Patient expectation, getting people understand what they can expect from surgery. So you avoid unhappy patients like this situation where someone who's got a, an acceptable surgical result, but is actually unhappy with it. So that's one of the challenges of, of, of this job, to be honest with you, because we are very much... Um, uh, at the mercy of our patients when it comes to whether we're having a good result or not. It doesn't matter what the actual result is. It matters whether the patient's happy with it. And if the patient's not happy with it, then it's not a good result. So this is not a good result because because you're not happy with it. So um, but as I say, surgically, I think it's not bad. And I would probably be inclined to hold off revision surgery. I certainly wouldn't be going from, you know, paying, paying more. Uh, and I would give it some time, try and lose some weight and just try and focus on the good things about it. It's healed nicely. It's got a nice natural contour to your arm, you know, and I think there's a, there's good things about it. And I would try and focus on those if I was you. And thank you very much for letting me show those photos. That is very, very helpful uh, of you. Buona sera. Anna has done the little doctor facial emoji. So I should have given you fair warning, guys. That was the last question. You heard me. That was the last question. And that was a photo. That was a corker because a photo and a, a really that's what we want to start getting into. We want to start getting into um, photo questions. That's what we're talking about. So um, that was the last question. Um, 
if you have any questions, then speak now. Just keep that on there. Put it down. Full screen. Um, yeah, got any questions? Got it? I thought we had quite a few. Did I rush through those a bit? I, th I thought the first one, I thought I'm, wa I'm waffling too much on this first one. Panicked, cracked through the rest, and look at me now. Got to it too quickly. Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, I'll have to reflect on that. Sorry if I if I uh, un uh, if I went through things too fast at the beginning. Big big issues, you know, tummy tuck and breast stop, uh, breast lift and implants and whatnot. Big up big issues there that we covered. Um, and I understand why it's all confusing. So yeah, choose your surgeon. That's the take home message. Check out for my blog post, which I'll be putting up in the, probably the next 24 hours. My blog will be going up about choosing a surgeon is more important about than worrying about what sort of operation to have. Thank you all for listening and for being here and for being part of it and for commenting and liking. Have you liked? I don't know if you like, but if you have liked, thank you for that. And also thank you for um, asking questions and letting me definitely for letting me show the photos very very grateful to you for that and i hope it's been helpful if you have any questions messenger me message me facebook me get in touch i'll be happy to answer them to you directly and if you if you like i can talk to them here totally anonymously i will never mention your name or anything like that because that's up to you whether you want to share who you are and so i've got an early bath haven't i so that is um thank you all without further ado and am I missing something? No, I don't think I'm missing anything. And I'm going to check out. I'm going to check myself out. And I'm going to see you here, same time, next week. So please, continue with your questions. Thank you all for that. And I will see you next time. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.